This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, a brand new week, Monday, May 9th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Thanks, and we'll check in with you at 12.23. Shares of Rivian Automotive taking a big hit today. We'll find out why in our next segment. Right now, a busy week ahead includes data on inflation, small businesses, and the overall economy. Joining us now with a preview is Bob Brusca, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Bob, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like the cautious optimism that uh, has guided the markets over the last couple of weeks that maybe the Fed would stick the landing on this uh, schedule of rate hikes uh, without tipping the economy into recession has completely disappeared, and that's being reflected in this uh, major sell-off that's underway. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Fed is uh, still in the air and uh, unlikely to stick any kind of a landing that any investor is going to like. So, um that's a difficult situation. The inflation numbers are, are obviously very bad right now. And I think in some sense the Fed had hope that if it dragged things out and dragged things out, it would wind up um, finding that inflation was coming back down on, under this, this transitory hypothesis. But instead what we're seeing is that, you know, the situation in Ukraine is dragging on. The supply chain problems are worse. Uh, Russia is stealing farm equipment from Ukrainians, stealing their wheat. The weed exports are held up. Fertilizer exports are not coming out to the rest of the world. And over the weekend, we've got these reports of such severe drought in the West that they're going to start taking agricultural land uh, out of cultivation in California. And who knows how far that's going to go. And there are warnings that we may have electricity shortages. So many people have moved into electricity and electrical uh, fired things that there's not enough electricity. And we could wind up with a summer of brownouts. And that doesn't sound good for growth either. Now, when it comes to the inflation side of things, uh, there's only, uh, of all those uh, calamities that you mentioned, not a single thing can be affected by Jay Powell. And uh, so are they going to just look at merely the core CPI to see if this, uh, these interest rate hikes are working? And even now, we talk about interest rate hikes. Compared to previous rate increases, this is still a drop in the bucket, historically speaking. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is a drop in a bucket. You know, I, I was, you know, I was working at the Fed in 1977. So um, believe me, I've seen interest rate increases and, and, and these are not interest rate increases. Yeah, these are baby steps. Uh, even the markets look for a 75 basis point hike, which was a strange expectation for the markets to have had. Wasn't that much. The Fed is behind the curve. The Fed is way behind the curve. And we really don't know what the right inflation rate is to look at. The Fed is probably going to look at the core because it's a little bit better. We've got Jim Bullard in St. Louis trying to get people to look at the Dallas Trim Mean Index because it's so much lower than everything else. But that doesn't seem relevant to me. 
Well, I think the Fed's got a problem with these inflation numbers, and uh, you know, it can't ignore them. And on the other hand, it can't push interest rates up above the, these inflation rates because that would clearly tank the economy. So the Fed is going to be stuck with, you know, some kind of marginalist uh, tightening pro- program, and it still may be more than the market wants to see. And looking at the markets themselves, is there still a lot more downside as the week goes on? I, I would think so. You know, the market had this historic run-up. I mean, stocks have really run up, and people have simply, you know, gotten rich by buying the dip. The market sells off, you buy the dip. You buy, well, finally, people who bought the dip got dipped. And so now nobody's really quite sure. And... um you know, price earnings ratios in the stock market are high when interest rates are low. Well, guess what? Interest rates are going up. And so there still should be some structural you know, downward adjustment to P.E. ratios. And that's going to happen by stock prices going down because this isn't an environment where you're going to expect earnings to go nuts, even though we've had some pretty good earnings reports. So I would just say, you know, beware. Uh, it's a different environment. It's a different market. Whatever worked for you in the past for investing, you really want to think about that strategy and whether you want to continue to pursue it. Bob Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, Ford selling 8 million shares of its stock in electric truck maker Rivian. It's been a rough day for shares of the electric vehicle maker Rivian, which has a plant in downstate normal. We're joined by Garrett Nelson, Vice President and Senior Equity Analyst, CFRA Research, based in Richmond, Virginia. Garrett, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Ford unloading 8 million shares shares of Rivian. Uh, what is driving, so to speak, Ford's decision to uh, get out of that particular electric vehicle maker? Sure. Thanks for having me. Well, today marks the, the first date that Ford can sell their shares because it's the expiration of the lockup agreement. Um, so basically six months after Rivian went public last November. And so, you know, uh, early investors now can sell their, their stock. So Ford has decided to sell 8 million shares. It still leaves them with about 96 million shares of, of Rivian. But um, you're seeing a very steep uh, sell-off in, in Rivian, though, on this news, because there's also uncertainty regarding what some other major uh, holders of the stock uh, uh, might do with their stake. Amazon, for example, owns about 18% of the company. Um, you know, after the sale, Rivian, uh, Ford will still own about 11% of Rivian. And then there's some other large holders. Cox Automotive, for example, owns about 4% of the company. So they are free to sell their stock, uh, you know, as of today. We've had a number of guests on the show that have pointed to Rivian as an example of, of, of uh, growth stocks run amok and that uh, Rivian had a market cap larger than the Detroit 3 before even building a car. And is this simply a case of the law of gravity catching up with a startup? Yeah, we think so. Rivian, um, the stock is now down over 75% for the year. And this is an environment, a macro uh, backdrop where investors have very little appetite for unprofitable, um, high growth consumer discretionary names, which is what Rivian is. So, you know, we don't think the news is a, is a major surprise um, because Ford is a, is, a, is a direct competitor of Rivian's now in uh, electric vehicles. Ford is just starting deliveries of their F-150 Lightning uh, electric pickup truck, uh, which is a direct competitor of Rivian's R1T pickup. And so, you know, the companies had once formed a partnership back in 2019 to build an electric vehicle together. They terminated that partnership last November. 
um, as they became closer to becoming direct competitors with the rollout of both these vehicles. Uh, Before we turn to the recommendation, what can Rivian do to turn its fortunes around? Is it simply a matter of uh, producing cars and hitting their targets? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, customers who have have placed reservations for Rivian vehicles, over 80,000 vehicles, as a matter of fact. It, the fact that the, in, in the in the near term, there's not a whole lot that they can do. They're forecasting that they're going to lose almost $5 billion on an adjusted EBITDA basis this year. Uh, they're really struggling with semiconductor shortages and supply chain issues, and they expect to only produce about 25,000 vehicles this year. So I think there's a realization in the market that there's, there's not a whole lot that they can do at the moment except, you know, try to uh, deliver those uh, vehicles, produce and deliver them as fast as possible. And then very quickly, Garrett, uh, your recommendation on Rivian stock. Yeah, we have a hold on the stock right now. Garrett Nelson, Vice President and Senior Equity Analyst, CFRA Research in Richmond, Virginia. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. And then coming up next, the latest supply chain headache involves babies. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Supply issues continue to plague multiple industries with one of the current shortages is baby formula. Let's talk about some of these ongoing issues with Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors based in Wheaton. Brian, thank you for joining us. If you learn hey, anything... it's great to be with you. Well, thanks for joining us again today. And if, if, if you learn anything from the mm-hmm. uh, last year and a half, it's uh, we're all getting a crash course and where the choke points exist in the American economy. And uh, they are in places you may not have thought of or ever considered before. And uh, one of those chuck points, uh, choke points, I should say, or maybe a chuck point, too. There's probably a guy named Chuck in Sturgis, Michigan, which is the home of an Abbott Nutrition facility, uh, shut down as a result of an infant formula recall. And that's causing all sorts of problems for the parents of of babies and toddlers. You know what, Rob, this is... uh been such you're absolutely right about the learning uh, curve that we've all been through uh just go all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic lockdowns and remember the shortages of toilet paper and uh the the this this whole thing i hope and i'll come to the specifics here in a minute but i hope what we have learned is that a market-based economy where millions and millions of people. We may be able to trace it to one factory, but that factory couldn't exist without without uh, carpenters, without builders, without trucks moving in and out. It takes millions of people to get uh, a baby formula to the grocery store, to get a tomato to the grocery store. And when you lock down the economy, you start destroying all the information and the relationships between all of these pieces. And and my belief is that we are going to be living with one shortage or another for a long time because of that lockdown. And we, we I mean, we, get, we can talk about kids and school and all of those things. Uh, what I look at is the economy, and this is just one of the results of doing uh, what we did during the pandemic. I mean, it, it is an event that uh, is as disruptive 
as uh, World War II was 70 years ago in terms of getting the entire economy on a wartime footing. And it did take several years to unravel that. I mean, we talk about the post-war era yep. being the 1950s, leave it to Beaver, uh, the, 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 you know, the, the 50s that we think of in pop culture. But uh, 1947 to about 1953 was pretty tumultuous as we came off of that wartime footing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I remember my mother talking about the fact that they could not get a bicycle. Um, So she had a brother and a sister, so three kids with no bicycle because all the metal was being used for the war. Um, This this one's obviously a little different than that um, in that we still have these components. But what happened is we, we put a lot of people out of work. We, we paid people to we, – we literally borrowed from our children to spend while we weren't producing. And so what happened is demand went way up while supply was way down. That led to shortages. That led to boosts in prices. That's not the only place inflation came from. But now we have China uh, shutting down major cities. We have uh, a war in Eastern Europe uh, but we were already vulnerable to all of these uh, kinks in the supply chain. Um, and so I hope we remember this for a long, long time. And I, I, I personally, uh, from an economic point of view, I don't think we really uh, weighed, fully weighed out the costs of a lockdown versus the perceived benefits. Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors, based in Wheaton. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Chicago's all news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. The White House is teaming with broadband providers to bring service to low income households. Details coming up next in a special report from CBS News. The residential housing market beginning to feel the effect of mortgage rate hikes. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get a couple of suggestions from an investing pro. WBBM Business, the markets are lower. The Dow is down 451. 
31 points. The NASDAQ is down 390, and the S&P 500 is down 96. AccuWeather says intervals of clouds and sunshine today, increasingly windy, becoming warmer. A high today of 78, cooler by the lakefront. 73 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. CBS News Special Report. The Biden administration says millions of low-income Americans will now be able to access high-speed internet as part of the nation's new infrastructure package. CNET's Ian Schur. Many experts are increasingly saying that access to the internet and a fast, reliable connection is a key indicator of the future success for children and for businesses. Craig Aaron is president and co-CEO of Free Press. This is a really welcome development that ensures the billions that Congress and the Biden administration invested in broadband as part of the uh, infrastructure bill are actually going to reach those who need it most. About 20 Internet companies are on board. I am skeptical uh, about the motivations of some of these companies, though I welcome their action today because these are some of the same companies that have frankly been holding up the Biden administration's broadband programs. Plans will cost about 30 bucks a month. CBS News Special Report. I'm Monica Ricks. It's 12.32. Stocks are taking a nosedive. Joining us with the latest and what's moving Wall Street down is Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Jack, taking a look at the numbers uh, today and last Friday and last Thursday, uh, is there any sign that uh, we're reaching a bottom anytime soon? Yeah, it really, uh, Rob, uh, it depends on what ultimately happens to interest rates. And, and that, uh, unfortunately, uh, means that we have to figure out what happens to inflation. Uh, so right now, uh, I think the narrative going into last week was, you know, we've got inflation and we've got a very aggressive Fed to stamp out inflation and higher interest rates will cause uh, stock prices to drop. Now there's a new element uh, arguing that it may be that the Fed um, and their rate hikes could push the U.S. economy and other uh, developed market economies into recession. So now you get not only the high interest rates that could cause prices to drop, but now earnings could suffer if we do fall into recession. And I think that's just a new worry. Um, And so I don't see any, unfortunately, I don't see too much relief in sight until maybe Wednesday when we get the, um, the April reading on the, the inflation report. And if it shows that maybe inflation, you know, peaked uh, in, in the March reading and is starting to, you know, cool off a little bit and the fed may be getting some help from households in, um, in lower prices, that could at least um, provide a little bit of hope for investors near term. The, 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 the perspective on interest rates, which is really fascinating to me, is you look at a chart of the federal funds rate over time and you see these massive upswings, 1969, 1974, and of course uh, 1980, 81, 82. Uh, it was elevated in the early 90s, in the late 90s, 2007, and there was a little bit of a takeoff before COVID came in. And on the far right-hand side of the chart, present day, uh, up from zero is that tiny little bit uptick, uh, which was the uh, most recent uh, hike by the Fed. And the amount of anxiety over that tiny little uptick, as a, as a layman, I'm having a hard time scoring that particular circle. Yeah, and I think what you have to do, Rob, is instead of looking the actual 
Fed funds rate. You have to look at the two-year Treasury yield as an indicator of where the bond market thinks the overnight interest rate could likely rise to. So, for example, you know, right now the two-year Treasury yield isn't 0.5 or even 1%. It's 2.8. And so the Fed does have a lot of wood to chop between uh, where we are at 1% and the 2.8. We will likely get another half-point hike in June. uh, And um, who knows, maybe another half-point hike in August after that. So that's sort of where the the uh, the bond market's mindset is and and of course uh the equity market is is taking cues from that if your uh, concern your main concern is fighting inflation bringing down that core cpi number don't you want to see a little bit of a slowdown yes you do um and i think the um the fact is that you know there's shortages uh, wild demand there's shortages of supply and, you know, we all know that higher interest rates can certainly um, tamp down demand. Uh, but unfortunately, what we've learned is the Fed really can't do much to, you know, clear up the shortages of supply. Um, you know, we've got high oil prices and high wheat prices as a result of the hostilities um, in, uh, in the Ukraine. And uh, we've got slowdown in production in China as a result of certain lockdowns there. Um, and so, a supply of a lot of goods is really, um, you know, a lot of the, the the push to higher prices. And so, sapping demand will help a little, uh, but it's not going to help, you know, wheat flow out of uh, Ukraine. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, interest rates are going up, and it's starting to impact the housing market. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The residential housing market is now being impacted by climbing interest rates. Let's get an update from Guy Sakala, Executive Chairman of Inside Mortgage Finance, based in Bethesda, Maryland. Guy, thanks for joining us this afternoon. The uh, here, Rob. new and existing pending home sales fell in March compared to a, a year before. And given the amount of uh, tightness in the housing market, is that a good thing? Um, I think it's going to be a good thing for some people, um, but not for everybody. It's going to make it a little more, uh, a little easier to uh, buy a house, perhaps, because there'll be a little less competition. But if you're a first-time home buyer or somebody else, it's just going to be worse just because of the higher interest rates. We've really seen them go from about 3.75% a year ago to over five and a quarter now. And that's a big jump that's going to increase anybody's uh, monthly payments uh, and housing costs as they look forward. How is this going to affect the uh, the housing market uh, in total? Because uh, inventory, at least in the state of Illinois, was at or near record lows. Uh, we had a guest on a couple of weeks ago who almost joked that you can uh, count the number of uh, homes for sale on one hand. I mean, the inventory is very tight. Uh, how is that going to affect things, not only just uh, you know people's willingness to sell their own homes, but also uh, builders to go buy that lot and put some houses on it? I think there's still a lot of demand out there, and as you just pointed out, supply is so low that even if demand comes down, it's still going to exceed supply. So um, we're not going to see something change dramatically overnight in terms of you can't sell your house um, or anything like that. But 
you will see some softening up. I don't think we're going to see the 10% annual price home price increases we've been seeing in many parts of the country. That's going to slow down a little. So to some extent, this is you know, good in terms of balancing um, the marketplace, but we still nowhere near balanced in terms of supply versus demand. What about uh, people who just purchased a home and uh, are seeing this slowdown in uh, the housing market? Uh, should they be concerned that they're uh, brand new, they're underwater in their brand new home, or should that even enter their thinking? Um, hopefully they're in the home to live in and they shouldn't worry about it as an investment. And we certainly have much tougher underwriting um, than we saw, you know, leading up to the housing crisis. You know, most people are putting uh, down 20% or more in terms of a down payment. And those people really don't have anything to worry about. Their house has a good cushion in terms of equity. So I don't think that's certainly not a near-term problem in the next year or two. A lot of homeowners have uh, been taking advantage of the run-up in their home's values, taking some of that out, some of that equity out already in terms of home equity loans or home equity lines of credit. Any concern there uh, if you did uh, uh, utilize uh, one of those instruments to uh, you know, make improvements on your home? Well, mostly the home equity lines of credit, um, whether it's fixed or uh, floating, um, generally have rates that adjust upward. And that's going to be the pressure on you now. You're going to end up paying more for the amount of money you took um, out of that property. It may take a year or so for it to adjust, but it's going to adjust, adjust sooner or later. So it's going to be a little more expensive. For people who were putting off refinancing and taking cash out of their home, um, I think that's off the table now. You missed the opportunity to do that. And on the subject of the adjustable rate loan, uh, will the ARM become more popular as uh, as people uh, get a mortgage for a home so they're not locked into that 5% rate, uh, uh, assuming it eventually goes down? Um, they should. The problem we've got is the spread between an adjustable rate and a 30-year fixed is not that big. It's a little more than 1% now, which isn't a great deal because there's a really good chance that interest rates are going to go up. So even if you can get an arm for 4%, for example, there's a good chance that in a year it's going to be over 5 and heading higher than a fixed rate. So right where we are now, an arms aren't great options, um, but that could change as uh, time goes on. Guy Sakala, Executive Chair Inside Mortgage Finance, based in Bethesda, Maryland. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. Lunch money for all generations. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Stock Picker Monday. Joining us with a pair of investment ideas is Matt Shapiro, president, MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. And even though you may want to look at a Bloomberg terminal through a pair of solar eclipse glasses to avoid permanent eye damage uh, based in the last couple of days in the markets, uh, there are still some deals to be had. There really are. And, you know, a little cash on the sidelines can be put to work um, with stocks really at lows not seen in terms of sentiment since 2009, uh, bonds down since 1981. So there's a lot of potential here. So one stock we like is the biggest lithium producer. Lithium, we can all agree on, despite the stock market, uh, is really important for electric vehicle batteries, um, iPhones, everything. Uh, 
exceptional growth here. The stock's called Albemarle, A-L-B is the stock symbol. Last week, they had fantastic earnings. The stock jumped from about 210 to 250 overnight. And then because the markets, you know, has not been great the last few days, the stock has backed down, which I think is a great opportunity to get in um, with their revised, exceptionally strong outlook. It's back down to $223 with a P.E. ratio of about 18. Lithium sales are going to increase about 200% year over year. Um, Their other large segment is in bromine, which actually goes fire retardant, which is used in batteries. And the one thing people don't realize about lithium is it can't really be recycled. So the lithium that is out there takes about a decade to develop, and Albemarle is the biggest player in it. And your next stock is also a tech-adjacent Exactly. So uh, one thing people have noticed uh, uh, that Warren Buffett did is an arbitrage, takeover arbitrage play in Activision. So, you know, with this tough market, realize companies are being purchased for big premiums over where they're trading now. So Warren Buffett is purchasing Activision in the expectation of the completion of the acquisition by Microsoft for about a 20% return. So we have a, a similar idea in Silicon Motion, which makes semiconductor microcontrollers. The stock was put up for sale. The symbol is S-I-M-O. And a company called Max Linear, which is sort of like a smaller version of Texas Instruments, agreed to purchase it for $95 a share plus about a third of a max linear share. So if you buy Silicon Motion here and are confident that the merger will go through, and I think there's you know less regulatory issues than there would be in an Activision-Microsoft uh, merger, um, that would be a return of about 20%, and you kind of get that third of a share of max linear, which is a solid semiconductor uh, diversified uh, component manufacturer uh, for free, basically, um, for a gain of about 20%. Matt Shapiro, president of MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon on Stock Picker Monday. The companies Albemar, ALB, and Silicon Motion, S-I-M-O. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 